بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه. The Jum'ah Khutbah is an essential reminder that calls the believers every Friday to increase in taqwa, God consciousness. This series shares Jum'ah Khutbahs that take place at the Al-Maqasid Seminary. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, wa afdal as-salatu wa atam, wa afdal as-salati wa atam wa tasneem, ala Sayyidina wa Mawlana Muhammadan wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa salam ajma'een. وأشهد أنه الله الذي لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إلها واحدا ورب شاهدا ونحن له مسلمون وأشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا وكرة عيوننا محمد عبده رسوله أرسله الله بالهدى والدين الحق ليظهر على الدين كله ولو كره المشركون أما بعد عباد الله إني مسيكم ونفسي إياي بتقوى الله. One of the great blessings of our deen, as we have learned from the tongue of our Prophet sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wa sallam, is that it teaches us to be aware, aware of our surroundings, aware of our internal state, aware of how this world relates to the next world. In reality, an awareness, it gives us of everything that is truly important. And our Prophet ﷺ, because we know he does not speak from his own caprice. He receives revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then he conveys what it is that he received. And alhamdulillah, that he conveyed the revelation that he received from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what do we mean by revelation that is received. What was the state of our Prophet ﷺ's heart such that he was able to bear revelation? Such that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that were he to have revealed his Quran to a mountain, that you would have seen it in awe and split to pieces from the fear of Allah. But the heart of our Prophet ﷺ bore this revelation. And he addal amana, And that he that fulfilled this trust that he was charged ﷺ to convey. And he did so in the very best of ways. And he advised his ummah. And he struggled and he strove in every possible way. In a way that was pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And at the very end of his blessed life وسلم, on that farewell pilgrimage, Allahumma fashhad, that he asked Allah Ta'ala to bear witness that he had conveyed the message. And the message from the bounty of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has been preserved and it has been transmitted to in every generation after the Prophet Sallallahu until this day and age, such that you and I can learn this deen as the companions did. And one of the things they used to say about the collection of Sunan al-Tirmidhi, and of course it is, applies to all other ahadith of our Prophet ﷺ. Whoever has this collection in their house, it is if that they have the Prophet in their house speaking to them. And this is the adab. Whenever we hear the words of the Rasul ﷺ, we bring to mind as if that we are hearing them from Rasulullah ﷺ. And we have an incredible science that was formed 
in order to preserve the sayings of our Prophet and his statements and everything else that is considered to be from the Sunnah. It's been preserved in a very rigorous fashion. And when we say that a hadith is sahih, that it has been rigorously authenticated, we know with certainty, according to some, and with an extremely high degree of probability, according to others, such that we say, Qala Rasulullah, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, we know that he said it. We know that he said it, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then we even have hadith that are known as mutawatir hadith. There's been multiple chains of transmission in every generation such that we can have absolute certainty about those words. And where you deny it, it's like denying the Quran. Because you're denying something that you know came to you with certainty. And so what a blessing to have these teachings. And what a blessing to be able to learn them day in and day out. And nothing is more important for us to spend time reflecting upon the Book of Allah and the teachings of our Prophet One of these many teachings is how our Prophet taught us to be aware of time. And what is meant specifically here, that time in the sense of as we get closer and closer to the end of time, we know that there's going to be a lot of changes. And the golden age was not the Abbasid period where you had the house of wisdom and things like that, as Western academics like to point out, thinking in their very European Western frame. The golden age was nothing other than the time of the Prophet himself, وسلم, the time that he lived, those blessed 63 years, 23 of which that he had received revelation, وسلم, this is not only the golden age of Islam, this is the golden age and the awaited moment of all of history. Those 63 years where the Prophet was on the face of this earth were the best years in human history. Nothing was like it from anything that came before, and in fact, everything that came before. And if the world has really been around for 14 or 15 billion years, Allahu Alam, it was ultimately waiting for that moment. And then that after he returned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is that the resonance and the echoes of those blessed years that he lived were still there and preserved in the hearts and on the limbs of his great inheritor, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And so we have to have the correct frame. And to know is that our Prophet was not like other people. He received revelation from Allah. And even other prophets who also received revelation like he did, our Prophet was Habibullah. He was the beloved of Allah. And we know that every great trait that every other great prophet and messenger had, it was manifested most perfectly in the human sense, of course, in Rasulullah. And we have to come to know who our prophet is. Because when we speak of him, we don't just speak of him historically. Yes, there was a past. But that past is constantly extending into the future. Because the more that we connect to him and recognize who he is and who he was and what he can do for us, the more that we will live those meanings every single day of our life. And so one of these blessed hadith that our Prophet taught us about, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in the collection of Sahih Muslim, 
was how you and I need to be aware of what is called fitin, these various times of strife, sedition, difficulty, tribulation, trial, however it is that you choose to translate this word fitin. And this is a hadith that Imam al-Nawi rahimahullah includes in his collection of a hadith titled Riyadh al-Salihin, The Gardens of the Righteous. And the chapter that he includes his hadith in is, has a very interesting title. It is titled, Babun Fid Mubadrati Ilal Khairat. This is the chapter on hastening to good. In encouraging the one who is setting out on a path to do good, to do so with earnestness, jid, seriousness, without any wavering whatsoever. What a title. This is his title that he's going to include that verses and narrations that encourage us to do good and to encourage those who are already doing good to do so with earnestness, with seriousness, in a devoted fashion, without any taraddud, not wavering in the slightest way. What a meaning. This is how we need to be. That speaks volumes in and of itself. And of course, that he begins by quoting the Quran in Surah Al-Baqarah, where Allah says, فَاسْتَبِقُ khairat, Hasten to do acts of goodness. Hasten to do khairat, all different types of good, all different manifestations of good. And in Surah Ali Imran, Hasten to the forgiveness of your Lord, i.e. the things that if you do them, they lead to the forgiveness of your Lord. And to a paradise, the breadth of which is the heavens and the earth. And this is just in order for us to think about how grand paradise is, how expansive paradise is. Do any of us even know really what the breadth of the heavens and the earth is? Paradise is even larger. This is there to cause us to be in a state of awe of the bounty that Allah has in store for those whom he loves and accepts and enters into his garden. Who is it for? Uddat للمتقين. It has been prepared for the people of taqwa. The people who are conscious of Allah Ta'ala, who do their part here in this world. They believe as they're supposed to believe. They do what they're supposed to do. They avoid what they're supposed to avoid. They try their best. And they seek forgiveness from Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala for all manifestations of falling short. The very first hadith that he includes is a hadith in Sahih Muslim. Where our Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Badiru bil a'mali fitanan. Badiru bil a'mal. So, Badir has the same meaning of Fastabiqu wa sadi'u. Badiru. It can also simply be translated as hasten. Badiru bil a'mal. And you would translate this by saying, Hasten to do good works. Fitanan. What are you hastening to do these good works for? Because you are likely to come upon a time of fitan, a time of difficulty, a time of trial, a time of strife. 
a time of whatever it might be for you, whether it is a that time where there is a widespread pandemic or whether is that you are in a that difficult straits because that of the lack of government of the country in which you live or whatever it might be, whatever that tribulation might be. Our prophet is, is teaching us to be aware that there are times of fitan. There are times of difficulty. And he doesn't want us to enter into those times unprepared. He wants us to prepare ourselves and to benefit from the moment when you can do something, don't postpone it. You will have doors in your life that open up for you. And I remember as a young man, shortly after converting in the Bay Area of California, that going to one of my teachers and mentioning to him my desire to want to go overseas to study, because at that time there wasn't any options domestically. And at first that he told me that I should finish the university. And there's going to make a disclaimer. I'm not saying that anyone should drop out of the university. But there was such a desire for me to study in my heart. After he told me that, I was really down. I was like, how on earth am I going to go finish the university when I know that this knowledge exists? I'd studied one, one text. And it was so rich and so life-giving and so coated with light that you could feel that this was different. How on earth could you study this secular knowledge, which could always be studied, and if you die not knowing it, it doesn't matter when this exists. And fortunately, his sister had overheard the conversation. And after I left, that she went to him and said, how could you tell him that? Allah had opened up a door, has opened up a door for him. If he doesn't go through that door, it might shut and never open up again. You should have told him to go. And then days later, that teacher saw me, and he said, I made a mistake. And this is the people of Allah. They're humble. They don't just stubbornly stick to what it is that they say. If they realize that there was something else that should have been said that they admit, and that he was humble, and they looked at me, he said, just go. And I think that he looked at someone who was just nearby, and he said, that, can you arrange for him to go to such and such a place? Anyhow, the meaning here is, is that we have windows that open up in our lives, doors that open up, and you have to go through them. Because sometimes doors might not ever open up again. And it doesn't mean that we lament. No, you always submit to the divine decree in relation to whatever happens. And sometimes people have valid excuses for not going through those doors. But if it is an opportunity at hand that is possible for us to benefit from, and we know that it's good, this is when we need to hasten. And this is why we differ between blameworthy haste and praiseworthy haste. Blameworthy haste is to do something outside of its time. And this is why consideration, deliberation, is to think very carefully about something and to know when its time is. The very word in Arabic means to pick fruits when they are ripe. If you pick a fruit too early, it's not going to taste right. If it's too late, nor is it going to taste right either. 
You got to pick the fruit at the right time. And that's what consideration deliberation does for us. It tells us when it is that we should do something. But then once the time for that thing is entered, this is when fastabuku, wasadi'u, wabadiru comes in. This is when all of these commands in different, with different verbs that really encourages us to do what we can in the moment when we have that opportunity because we might regret forever not going through a door that was opened for us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so in this hadith, our Prophet is saying, Badiru bira'mali fitanan. And hasten to do good works because you might meet times of trial and tribulation in brackets that you're not able to do those same works. And as a result of not doing them when you could have done them, you don't have the necessary state with Allah to be able to withstand those difficulties. And then he goes on, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, to further describe these fitan so that you and I can recognize the severity of the matter. This is not just something minor. This is serious. They will be like successive darkness of the night. A qit'atun min layl is a moment of the night. And just as once the light goes out of the sky and the various the colors in the horizon fade, then the night is continuously dark until we see the first signs of true dawn. And our Prophet is describing these fitnas as being sawda, dark, because they cause so many people go, to go astray. And like the successive darkness of night, it takes time for the light to come back. So it's a, an indication that there'll be a period of time where people aren't able to do what they normally do. They will be dark just as we normally can't do at night what we do during the day by virtue of the darkness. And what's one of the greatest phenomenon that will manifest during this time, which is so scary? A man will enter into the morning as a believer, but by nightfall he will have disbelieved and left Islam. He will at nighttime be a believer, but by morning have left Islam and have disbelieved. And then one of the greatest reasons that this happens. He will sell his religion for a small price of something of this world. dunya is like merchandise, just some small price for some that unworthy thing. He'll sell his deen for it. Now, for those of us living in luxury, we're not worrying about what meal we're going to eat after Salat al Jummah. We might say, how could someone sell their deen for money? Well, it still happens even in the country in which we live. And the decisions that people make in terms of the career tracks that they embark upon in the jobs that they select and what it is that they do to get ahead and oftentimes justifying in their mind every step along the way, well, this is something that I have to do. And oftentimes failing to remain principled from the very beginning. 
you will always find difficulty and trouble in this world in which we live if you are principled. But the aqibah is for the muttaqin. The true result will be for you. And once you get over those initial difficulties, the ones that come after that will start to be sweet because you will become accustomed to receiving the divine favor in very subtle ways for how he that gives people way out when there seemingly is no way out whatsoever. The people of taqwa, the people of principle, he'll always give a way out. And there will be wonders of divine facilitation that you are, that now beyond those initial stages of worrying about some of those difficulties and inconveniences. But this is very serious. And it's also an indication of the time and how there will be a distribution of resources. And just look at the state of Muslim countries right now and how many Muslim countries are filled with poverty and are war-torn and how many Muslims are hungry right now as we speak and are living in very difficult circumstances, not just one or two, hundreds of thousands and even in the millions. This is something that is serious. We have seen this over the past couple hundred years especially. And of course, that there's manifestations of this throughout history and difficulties that Muslims have always faced, of course. But it will become more and more pronounced and more and more obvious as we get closer and closer to the end of time. So our prophet is teaching us to be aware of this scenario. Now notice here, he's not guiding us to be obsessed over what happens in the end of time. We know it, so we know what to expect. And if you can conceive of things correctly, and you can have realistic expectations, that is of the utmost importance, then you can do what it is that you need to do. But the focus here is not dwelling on the state of how things are in the end of time and in times of trial and tribulation. This is what he says. This is how he begins his discourse. Hasten to do good deeds. Hasten to do righteous works. This was the focus. And this is why you and I must understand in any given time, there are certain things that Allah Ta'ala will facilitate for the believer. That has to be the staple part of your practice. And then there will be certain things that you simply can't change other, by, other than by doing what it is that you can do. There are a lot of things that we can't change on the other side of the world directly. There are certain avenues where Allah Ta'ala has opened up doors of things that we can do that are permissible and there's no doubt in relation to their permissibility. But then there are a lot of other things that are really doubtful. And what we've seen, if you look at history, is that they actually don't really lead to the result that you might think that you desire in the beginning when you embark upon that particular thing. And I'm being ambiguous intentionally. But then there are other things that we know that we can do. And that has to be the focus of our practice. This is a time of tahqiq al-iman, of trying to attain higher degrees of faith and higher degrees of certitude, making sure that we're praying our prayers on time, learning the basics of this religion, taking care of your family, benefiting people within your circle of influence to the extent possible and being concerned for the whole world, Muslim and non-Muslim alike. But doing what it is that you can. 
and being very careful to have a door opened up for you which might actually derail you because not every door that opens up for us is good. It requires wisdom. And we have a whole process in a sunnah, a detailed sunnah of how to make decisions from beginning to end. Large decisions, medium-level decisions, and even small decisions. And even there's ways of making istikhara for the smallest of things by quickly repeating your Allah Asking Allah Ta'ala to choose for you. You don't even know, you don't want to know the best way to go home and drive home. The smallest of things, which seems arbitrary. Some people of Allah will even make a small, subtle istikhara and a guidance prayer in their hearts by virtue of a prayer. Allah Asking Allah Ta'ala to choose for them. So our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is encouraging us to hasten to do good deeds. And this hadith is reminiscent of another hadith of our Prophet where he also said by way of similar meaning, benefit from five things before five things happen. Benefit from your youthful years while you still have that youthful vigor and passion before that you start to fall into old age, and you enter into the years of decrepitude. Benefit from your health before your sickness, your illness. Benefit from your times of abundance and wealth before you're in straitened circumstances and you might be in need. Benefit from your free time before you become preoccupied. Of course. And benefit, he taught us, وسلم, from our lives before our deaths. And all of us will go through these different stages in life. And to the degree that we benefit from them will be to the degree that what comes after it will be colored by the decisions we made before it. And it's never too late. It's never too late. As long as the sun hasn't set from the west, and as long as our spirit has not reached the ghargara, the throat, and it hasn't exited from our body from this point right here, there still is time. And despite decisions that we've made in the past, we rectify that past by having remorse in making tawbah. And a tawbah so great, and this is within the realm of possibility, that it motivates us to dedicate our very last moments of life, however long it is that we live to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And sometimes, is that there's so much remorse for the time we wasted in the past, is that it is an incredibly strong propelling force for the future, where actually we're able to attain in what remains from our life, what we weren't able to attain, even we've just spent the life before that doing the greatest of good deeds. This is all within the realm of possibility. And if our toba is so sincere, and there was one lady who had a penal punishment imposed upon her, and our Prophet said, is that her toba was so sincere, is that were it had been to distribute it amongst all of the people of Medina, it would have sufficed them. Sincere toba. Is that it's possible for even our bad deeds to be replaced with good deeds? Look at the bounty of Allah. 
look at the bounty of Allah. That we are oftentimes plagued by decisions we made of the past. And sometimes being plagued by those decisions, it, it hinders us from doing what we can do in the moment. And what we need to do as long as we live in the future. But if we can repent, and a repentance so sincere that the traces of those sins are erased from our psychological profile, they're erased from our scrolls, and then they're even changed into good deeds, knowing that we even have a Lord that is, has all the power and able to do that and does do that. What other option do we have other than to turn to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, other than to attempt to live in the moment? to do whatever it is that we can in one more hadith, also similar in meaning, to really hone in on this point and to fixate it in our hearts. That this is a hadith in a tarmadi where our Prophet said, Badidu bil sab'an, hasten to do good works before seven things happen. Hel illa faqran munsiya. And in one narration, it is saying, ma tantadiru, another, there's a form of a question that are you only waiting for, or you are only waiting for, what? Faqran munsiyan. Poverty that causes you to forget the obligations of Allah Ta'ala upon you. Preparation for the hereafter. This can happen. Awghinan mutghiyan. Our wealth that leads you to transgress. maradan mufsidan. Or illness that weakens your body. Or old age that affects your ability to think. Or death that takes your life suddenly. In this hadith, he actually mentioned the Antichrist, the Dajjal. The Dajjal, who is the greatest awaited evil. Or the hour the punishment of which is more severe and even more bitter. So our Prophet is teaching us is that we are all going to be in one of these states. So while we have the ability to do something, we have to do it. That we need to combat, combat the human tendency to procrastinate. And there is no other way to do it other than to simply do it, to place your trust in Allah. And outwardly, you can, with Learning from things like atomic habits, take small little steps. Have small little victories that you bring into your life, little by little, little by little. And every time you follow a thought of the angel, and this is the beauty, every time you follow a thought of the angel, because we have angelic thoughts, is that those angels pass you on to other angels. And then you have different types of angelic thoughts that even get better, and they're more expansive. And then when you follow those thoughts, they pass you on to other angels that will even give you that more beautiful thoughts. And then it never, ever ends until it ultimately manifests in exponential growth in every single moment, which is the highest thing that we can possibly hope for. And in this ultimately is the secret of attaining the contentment of Allah Ta'ala, which we should all be seeking. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq and bless us in all of our affairs and to give us tawfiq to hasten to do all different types of good works. May Allah open up the doors of all good for every last one of us. Alhamdulillah. <laughs>
Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad Kama salli'ta ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala ala Sayyidina Ibrahim Innaka hamidun majid wa baraka ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad Kama barakta ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala ala Sayyidina Ibrahim Fil alamin innaka hamidun majid Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah Wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah ma ba'd Ya ibadallah inni musikum wa nafsi iyaya Bi taqwa Allah Inna Allah wa malaikatuhu yusalluna ala nabi Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu sallu alihi wa sallimu taslima Allahumma salli wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad Miftahi Baba Rahmatillah Adada ma fi ilmi la salatin wa salamin Daimayn bidwa minkillah Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala Wa radiyallahu ta'ala Sadatan khulafa rashidin Abi Bakr wa Ammu wa Uthman wa Ali Wa ala jimi sadatan sahabai karam Ahla bayta rasulillah Al-Mutaharina min arjas Wa alayna ma'um wa fihim bi rahmatika Ya arhamar rahimin Allahumma gfil al-mu'minin wa mu'minat Al-Muslimin wa al-Muslimat Al-Ahyam minhum wa namat Ya awwal al-awwalin Ya akhir al-akhirin Ya dhal-quwat al-mateen Wa ya rahi al-masakin Wa ya arhamar rahimin Anjazna la rahmatan min indika Nas'adu biha fi al-dunya wal-akhirah Ya alim al-salimanna La tahdika satar anna Wa'afina wa'afu anna Wa kunna nahithu kunna Rabbana atina fi al-dunya hasanatan Wa fi al-akhirati hasanatan Wa kinana wa kina adab al-nar Awakum Allah, nasurukum Allah Inna Allah ya'mur bil-adil wal-ihsani Wa'ita'i dhal-qurba Wa'yanha'an al-fahshai wal-munkiri wal-baghi Ya'idhukum la'allakum tadhakkurun Uthkuru Allah razim yadhkurukum Washkuru ala nimi yazidkum Wa'ladhukru Allahi akbar Thank you for listening to one of Al-Maqasid's online educational offerings Our mission at Al-Maqasid is to cultivate holistic learning environments rooted in knowledge, devotion, and service by providing full-time, part-time, online, and community programs. For more information, please visit our website at almaqasid.org and connect with our other online content at almaqasid.org backslash connect.